Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hello, guys. Um, just a uh, little congested, been sick the last few days, so if I sound odd or weird or take extra breaths, that's probably why. Um, how you guys doing? Did you have a good weekend? Uh, CinemaCon has been going on the last few days, so we'll talk about some, some movie news that came out of that. Uh, I did play a lot more Burning Shores this weekend, so we'll, we'll do a recap of that. Obviously... Major gaming news today out of the UK in regards to the Xbox Activision deal. We'll talk about that. Um, and uh, the uh, we're going to definitely talk about the Star Trek Picard finale. That was a that was a doozy. Um, so I don't want to waste time going too much into detail. I mean, you're going to hear me talk about that stuff in, in just a few minutes anyway. Uh, but as a reminder, thank you guys for listening to Nixner News. Of course, you can listen to us in your browser uh, at nixnernews.com. Or while you're there, why don't you check out our streaming page? You can listen to us on the go, anywhere you go, really. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Amazon Music, we're on all the major platforms, folks. There's no reason you can't be taking me on the go wherever you go. So, Make sure you do that. Also, check us out on social media, Nick's Nerd News. Uh, or check out my personal TikTok. Uh, that's under the Nick DeFalco. That I post some stuff regarding the show there. Haven't the last two weeks just been out of it of sorts. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled to TikTok, Instagram, all those places if you guys want to stay up on the show. What's new? What's coming? Things like that. So, without wasting any more time let's get right into the news so what's going on in the video game world huh how about this atari yes atari has gone on a bit of a spending spree as of late um they have bought the ips for over 100 pc and console games from the 80s and 90s uh bubsy uh hardball Demolition Racer included, so they want to expand the distribution of those titles, uh, look at merchandising collaborations, and I guess make potentially make new games based off the IP. Um, they also got the trademark to Accolade, which is a publisher uh, for many of those titles, which is uh, very interesting for sure. I mean, they just had their 50th anniversary, Atari as a company. Um, they released that new console, right? It, it's pretty wild to me. We'll see if Atari actually does anything with it, though. Uh, have you guys been playing PlayStation games on Steam? And Any of you? Any of you? Hands? Hands? Anyone? Well, depending on where you live, uh, you may be paying more money for them than... Uh, what you were originally and they're, they're going high, higher in price than than what they were at launch um via reset era, reset era the price increase has gone into place 
in Argentina, Canada, Chile, China, Colombia, Japan, and South Korea. So, uh, Sackboy, Returnal, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, and 2018's God of War. It's a very interesting raise in price. Um, It's rare, very rare, um, for games to go up in price years after the fact. uh, Especially for their PC ports. But, I guess Sony just really wants you to play them on PlayStation. Right? I mean, I mean, no shock there, really, in reality. Um, Blizzard has announced another beta for Diablo 4. This one they're calling their quote-unquote server slam. They, they really just want to get as many people as possible on to give the servers a run for their money. Um, that will take place on May 12th, if you guys want to hop into that. Uh, they've also announced that it will take at least 100 and 50 hours to reach level 100 in the game. Uh, so if you want to get to level 100, it will take at least 150 hours. Uh, they're also introducing a skip single player button option. What what that means, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't know why you would want to skip the single player campaign, but that's an option for you. Uh, we also learned that Sony has acquired at least its 20th studio uh, over its long run of being a video game publisher, developer, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they have acquired Firewalk Studio, which is a multiplayer-focused studio. Uh, this is, I think, their third or fourth multiplayer studio they've, they've purchased in the last few years. Uh, obviously, they, they've, they're killing it in the single-player realm, and they want to beef up their multiplayer as well. Um, here's something funny. Um, via, uh, I guess... Um, this is this is in regards to the Microsoft uh, deal to acquire Activision. Uh, Steven Totillo, who works for Axios, formerly of Kotaku as well, noticed that uh, in some of the documents that were released, via some re- redacted information, uh, Xbox has a game that's coming out that will take a decade to develop. This is what it says, quote, Quote, other AAA games take even longer to develop. For instance, according to one Microsoft executive, Redacted, a forthcoming title from the Redacted franchise, may take a decade to develop, unquote. There's been a lot of speculation on what this game could be. I, most people are, are pretty much, conf- like, they, they feel that it's more than likely referring to Elder Scrolls VI. Um... I, I, who knows what it could be, though, but a decade of development and, and not coming out anytime soon, more than likely Elder Scrolls VI. Let's, let's, let's call it what it is, right? Uh, EA has announced that its new Skate reboot will get playtesting on console at some point in the near future. Uh, they put out a, a series of information and, and vid docs uh, to go over the new game and things they're implementing and stuff like that. Uh, and like I said, playtesting will hopefully be one of those things soon. Uh, there was a Street Fighter Six, like, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but like a, uh, um, a, uh, I guess a state of play, right? That's the closest thing I could think. Uh, or like a, a, a Nintendo Direct, right? It was a, a Street Fighter Six Direct. Um, 
they announced that the demo is available on PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, it's available on Xbox platforms and Steam as of today, the 26th. Uh, and then they also announced uh, some of the year one fighters that will be available for DLC. Uh, Rashid, AKI, Ed, and uh, Akuma from Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition will all be available between now and early next year for Street Fighter 6 once it launches this summer. The devs behind the day before swear their game isn't vaporware. They give an update and, and promise there won't be any more delays. Uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> um, how about this? Do you guys use the <clears throat> share to Twitter feature a lot on your consoles? I, I really don't. Um, I always get it from the, download it from the app and share it from there. But due to recent changes with Twitter's API, Xbox and Microsoft essentially disabled the screenshot and clip sharing to Twitter uh, via the game bar on Windows and from the console. You can still do it through the app for now, um, but... Uh, they, this is what their official tweet says. It says, quote, We have had to disable the ability to share game uploads to Twitter directly from the console and game bar on Windows. You can still share your favorite moments to Twitter via the Xbox app for Android and iOS, unquote. So the reason for this, uh, this is via Wired, Twitter is forcing companies like Microsoft or other things like that um, to pay $42,000 a month to have access to the API. And it used to be free. So, first off, this is a month Twitter is charge, would charge. $42,000 a month. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Wh what kind of nonsense is that? That I, I've heard their Twitter's charging like some companies, like smaller companies, a thousand dollars a month. Like that, that's insane, dude. Let alone $42,000. That just to have access to tweet shit. That, that's ridiculous. It's a sinking ship, man. Holy shit. $42,000. I don't blame Xbox. I wouldn't be surprised if Sony stops soon, too. Charging $42,000 a month. That's insane, dude. That is insane. I'm sure, yes, they have the money for it, but it's the principle of the matter. It shouldn't cost that much. Maybe like five or six at the most. And maybe a year, a month though? Twitter, come on, bro. Come on, Elon. What are you doing over there? <laughs> uh, Super Mario Brothers trudges ever closer to that $1 billion mark as it won its third weekend in a row. And has crossed the $872 million mark. That's good, good. That's a good thing. Hopefully, it, like I said last week or two weeks ago, so it sends the message like, make the, a video game movie like the plot of the game. I know it, doesn't, it won't work for everything, but just follow the plot and it will work. Uh, Ubisoft has announced that... Uh, they will not make native PS5 and Xbox Series X or S versions of the, um, oh god, what, the Division. Sorry, drawing a blank there. Uh, mainly to not 
leave last-gen players in the dark. Essentially, if they did that, they'd have to cut back a lot of stuff on, on last-gen things, and they don't want to do that. Uh, so don't expect native versions of PS uh, of The Division 2 on PS5 or Xbox Series X. Activision has announced that Call of Duty is getting a board game. I don't know why. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's a thing. Uh, Guerrilla Games in uh, like some studio moves uh, regarding PlayStation Studios and such. They've essentially confirmed that they are working on a third Horizon game. Obviously, we all knew that was coming. They've always said Aloy's story would be uh, a trilogy. They hinted at a they hinted at a third game in Horizon Forbidden West, and it it builds from that in Burning Shores, which I did finish the main story. Uh, it took me about ten or so hours to do the main story and the the two or three side quests. It is really fun, especially fighting the. Uh, the Hades or Horus War Machine, the big giant one that, that they've been dotted around the map for both games. It's fun to finally take one on. Not easy. Um, I, I will say uh, I'm still disappointed in the, the amount of machines that were added or the lack of variety, I should say. Um, technically, there was only four. And one of which is just a alternate version of one that already existed. Um, one is not really a threat. And, and one is the, the Horus machine that's always been there. Uh, the one is the, the Bile Gut, which is the real one. Um, the real threat machine, right? It's a giant toad, essentially. Um, so that was cool. The story was really great. Uh, looks like Aloy is not as, uh, you don't know, no, I'm not going to spoil that, but the, the cloud stuff, they, they really went overboard with it. I, I mean, the fact that it, they only did PS5 for that, I mean, it is a cool little side thing and it involves a storm bird and like you can fly through clouds and stuff, but other than that, it was a, a stretch. It really was. Um, but Overall, it's a decent-sized map, decent amount of time spent. I still probably have three or four hours if I want 100% Burning Shores, uh, at least. So there's that. Uh, but no, it was really fun. Um, I never actually played Frozen Wilds, which was the DLC on the first game. I don't know what happened, but I never got to it. Um, so I, I don't have anything of this to compare to. But for $20, solid, solid piece of DLC if you have the game and you're playing on PS5. Uh, Dead Island 2 finally released years after it was teased and promised and gone through multiple developers' hands. And it's happened to sell over 2 million copies. Look at that. That's a great success for a game that was in development hell for close to a decade. Uh, Sega of America has announced plans to unionize. It's going to be one of the largest unions in gaming. Uh, and first multi-team unionization effort in U.S. gaming. So it's, it's not just the QA team or the test team. It's, it's going to be art development, all, all, the, all the teams essentially, uh, at the Irvine office of Sega of America, which actually isn't far from me. Uh, it's about half hour, 45 minutes on a good day. And probably about 10 minutes away from Blizzard and Activision, who are famously anti-union. Um, yes, several major game studios are, are in the Irvine area. Um, but yes, yeah, Sega of America is, is moving forward and 
looks like executives and, and the, the management team are not stopping it in any way. Um, Asus has announced that the ROG ally is real and will be coming out on May 11th. Uh, and they promise, still no price yet, despite it coming out in just over two weeks, uh, it will retail for under $1,000. So they're promising that. Uh, Nintendo has announced they will return to Gamescom for the first time in several years. Gamescom, of course, is the major gaming conference that takes place in August in Cologne, Germany. Uh, it's essentially European E3. It looks like Gamescom is going to be the biggest video game conference of the year this year, with E3 being canceled. Um, we've also learned what the PS Plus games are for this month, for May, I should say. Uh, Chivalry 2, Grid Legends, and Descenders. Those will be available starting May 1st on PlayStation consoles. Uh, and then our biggest gaming news, of course, is in regards to the Activision, uh, the Microsoft attempted... Uh, purchase of Activision. Uh, best way to say that. The UK government's Competition and Markets Authority, uh, despite indications uh, pointing to it approving the deal, have ultimately decided to block the deal. Uh, it, they say, quote, the deal would alter the future of fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come, unquote. Uh Brad Smith, the vice chair and president of Microsoft, has said, quote, We remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal. The CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom, unquote. So, yeah, it, it it's interesting that now they've fallen on the cloud gaming. They couldn't stick the Call of Duty one, and now the cloud gaming. I understand Microsoft has a, a large... Uh, percentage of the cloud gaming market, right? Especially with Stadia failing, and I don't even know what's going on with Amazon's Luna, to be honest. I forget that it even exists sometimes. But the the CMA went on to say, quote, Microsoft has a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the evidence available to the CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision games exclusive to its own cloud gaming service, unquote. They've already said they wouldn't. But um, it also says... Quote, the deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in market by giving control over important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft. The evidence available to the CMA indicates that absent the merger, Activision would start providing games via cloud platforms in the foreseeable future, unquote. Will they, though? Um, I, I, here, here's my, my biggest thing. They also said, quote, it was not sufficiently open to providers who might wish to offer versions of games on PC operating systems other than Windows, unquote. All right. Look, UK CMA. There's like five people that play games on Mac and Linux, okay? Like, I don't think you need to worry about that. <laughs> There's more, obviously, but in, in the grand scheme of PC gaming, very few people play on Mac and Linux. Let, let me see if there's even numbers for that. Uh, percentage of gamers on Mac. 3.07% uh, of people use a Mac. Oh, uh, use have Steam installed on, on a Mac, Mac OS. So that's very a very small percentage of Steam users. Uh, let's see if there's 
Any numbers for Linux? 1%. You're talking about 4% of gamers here. And that's what you're going to use as, as a, a, a concern. 4% of gamers, CMA. It just, it just proves these people, they still view the video game industry as a joke. They don't, they don't know anything about the video game industry. It, 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 it's, it's unreal. 4%. 4%. And, and it's all about cloud gaming. I, I don't know. Obviously, both Microsoft and Activision are going to appeal. Um, but the fact that it's all about cloud gaming now is, is ridiculous. You can blame Google. They tried and failed. Like, it, it, it's not Microsoft's fault. Right? Someone could come out and do it better. Who knows? Maybe the Luna takes off. You know, it, 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 it's, it's anyone's game. Um, I, I guess, yeah, Amazon Luna is still going. So, I, I don't, I don't know. Cloud gaming. Cloud gaming. Let's move on to TV, shall we? All right, so let's let's head on over to TV land, shall we? So, uh, how about this? The Tolkien Estate and Amazon are being sued by a fanfic writer. Yes, you heard that right. A fan fiction writer uh, over the Rings of Power and copyright infringement. Uh, so via PC Gamer, uh, Demetrius Polychron... Uh, claims his work, which was registered with the copyright office in a U.S. copyright office in 2017, published in 2022, uh, was quote inspired by Lord of the Rings and J.R.R. Tolkien, but is a wholly original book and concept unquote. Uh, he claims that the Rings of Power infringes on his copyright. He's seeking 250 million dollars. Um, he said he's tried to work with the Tolkien estate professionally on several occasions, but apparently he's been rebuffed uh, by them. Um, I, I, uh, I'm very confused by this. Uh, he said in 2019, quote, with excitement to co collaborate with the defendants in the anticipation of publishing his book to the public, unquote, um, to work with them, I guess, for his fan fiction. Uh it also said, quote, rebuffed any attempt to collaboration with the very next day, unquote. So it looks like Tolkien, um, wow, that's weird. Uh, Tolkien, the Tolkien estate said no. The dude tried to, the dude, the person, I don't know what they are, uh, tried to personally deliver a copyrighted copy of their book to Simon Tolkien's home. Stalker. Um, yeah. The Fellowship of the King. What is this? I guess he, he claims that Tolkien took it and kept it. Um, Eleanor? Wait, what is this? So this is very, uh, very interesting to see what happens with this. Um, I, I wonder if, if it has any merit or if a judge will throw it out. We'll see, though. We'll see what happens. Uh, Netflix is moving ahead on the Duffer Brothers' next project. They're not as involved as they are in Stranger Things, uh, but it is out of their production studio. 
Uh, and they are executive producing it. So that's a new sci-fi show from them. Um, Amazon has also picked up more movies based in the Caped Crusader project world that Warner Brothers ultimately passed on. Um, so Batman Caped Crusader, of course, coming from Bruce Timm. Uh, they've also picked up Merry Little Batman and Bat Family. Uh, Merry Little Batman is set to focus on Damian Wayne uh, during Christmas time. Um, fighting on Batman's rogues galleries. It will be directed by Mike Roth of Regular Show. Uh, written by Morgan Evans who wrote for Teen Titans Go. And then Bat Family is a follow-up to Merry Little Batman. Um, essentially being a newcomer to Wayne Manor. And uh, no word on that. Um, but, like I said, Batman Caped Crusader is coming uh, from Bruce Timm. J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves have also uh, are producing it as well. And it's essentially like a um, old-style st way of, of Batman, right? He looks like his, his original debut back in like the, four, the 30s. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, Netflix has also announced that they have can't that Big Mouth will end with season eight. Uh, they're actually bringing Black back. They're bringing back Black Mirror in June, and The Witcher will uh, season three. Henry Cavill's last season as The Witcher will premiere in June, uh, with its first five episodes premiering June 29th, and then its final three episodes premiering later in July. So be on the lookout for that. But yes, we did check. We did actually get a new trailer for the new season of Black Mirror, which I don't think anyone expected. Um, moving over to Disney Plus. Disney Plus or Disney has canceled uh, National Treasure: Edge of History. Uh, some people are saying go woke, go broke. Like no, the show was just not good. Let's let's just let's be honest here. The show was just not good. They spent a lot of money on it, and it didn't look good. It, the story was crap. It played out like a typical like young show, young person show, and for that kind of franchise, that was the wrong move. Um, and then, interestingly enough, Tamura Morrison claims he was supposed to be Boba Fett in season three of The Mandalorian, but no one called. Um, I, I, I'm taking this with a grain of salt. I know it's from Tamura himself, and Disney hasn't said no. But it's it's uh, interesting for sure. I was fully expecting Boba to show up in the finale, if you ask me. Um, he was talking to MSN, and uh, he said, quote, I was supposed to be in The Mandalorian Season 3, but nobody rang me. I was waiting for the phone call in New Zealand, waiting and wanting to give up, unquote. Uh he followed up by saying, quote, Well, that Mando guy stole a few chapters of my book. It was painful watching him turn up with some black new lethal sword. And the way he turned up in my book of Boba, he just destroyed everybody. I'm sure this guy is uh, ruining my show. But I couldn't say anything. I'm not the writer, so I have to bear it, I guess. Unquote. Um, he said that there's other things happening. It, it makes it seem like maybe there isn't going to be a book of Boba Fett season two. But... I think if everything's done properly, we can get it. I think it just needs some more time. I think they're focusing on Ahsoka and um, uh, the Acolyte and things like that. Obviously, see where those go. 
I think The Mandalorian will take a break. I don't think we're going to get Season 4 of Mando until at least the end of next year at the earliest, mainly because Pedro Pascal is a very busy person. Uh, shows also take a very long time these days. Heavy effects, take a lot of post-production. Uh, I don't think it would be wise for Disney to abandon Boba Fett just yet. Uh, he is one of the most popular characters in Star Wars fandom, so I think it would be a mistake if they didn't give him a season two. So I will patiently hold out hope for that. Uh, as I stated earlier in the show, CinemaCon is going on right now, um, and normally that's mostly for movies. Uh, but we did learn that Cartoon Network and HBO Max plan to reboot Totally Spies uh, with a new show coming to both platforms, I guess. Uh, so that's going to be happening. Uh, and then, let me see. Oh, forgot to talk about the MCU here. Agatha Coven of Chaos uh, on Disney Plus, of course, a, a sequel show to both. Uh, it's a sequel to both WandaVision and um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It looks like it's going to be a musical with Katherine Hahn, of course, uh, returning to play Agatha, uh, Agatha Harkness. But we will see oh, when that show actually comes out. That's a weird direction for them to take. Um, before we move on to, to movies, though, I do want to talk about Star Trek Picard, Season 3. Uh, the series finale aired last week. Honestly, it was great. It was fucking great. Uh, it, it built off what they set up in the previous episode. Uh, the Borg, obviously, were back, but in a, in a way that I don't think anyone expected. Uh, Alice Krieg was back to voice the Borg Queen, which was fucking great. I mean, she's the best Borg Queen Especially if you've, if you've seen First Contact, you know who I'm talking about. Um, one of my favorite things, though, uh, uh, is that the Enterprise-D finally gets its hero shot, its hero moment that, that it never got in the movies, right? Obviously, the Enterprise and the Enterprise-A uh, got its moment of, of, of truth in several Star Trek films. Um, then, of course, the E famously was the star of three Star Trek movies, right? And it always got awesome hero shots in each one. The Enterprise-D was only in one Star Trek movie, and it shared the screen with the Enterprise-B, of course. Uh, well, not at the same time, but... Uh, and it, it was destroyed, essentially, right? Which is fucking stupid. But the Enterprise-D did not get a hero moment in Star Trek Generations. What we finally get in Star Trek Picard Season 3 in glorious 4K was the Enterprise-D, the NCC-1701-D, getting its moment in the sun, and it was glorious. I'm telling you, it was glorious. Seeing that ship move around like that is, is something I think a lot of Star Trek fans, like myself, have been wanting to see for a very, very long time. Um, it was great. It was great. But the, the episode, it was fun, right? And it, it features a lot of heartfelt moments um, that that Star Trek usually tends to have in good ways. Um, it, it definitely sets up a potential for a Star Trek Legacy show. I, I don't see why they, they wouldn't make it at this point. Um, Star Trek Picard is actually one of the highest rated um, shows on Paramount Plus uh, overall which is crazy. Well, season three was, not, not season one or two, but, but season three was, obviously because you brought back the legacy cast. 
uh, hence the idea for a Star Trek Legacy show. It it ends in a great way. Uh, my one my one downside is I don't particularly care for uh, the introduction of the the Enterprise G. In my personal opinion, I uh, I don't like the ship that they chose for it. Um, it was nice, of course, getting to see the Enterprise F again, though, and everything like that. But the the Enterprise G is introduced, so yes, now we are fully up to the G. Um, I. Uh, when it comes to Star Trek ships, I can be a bit of a, uh, a bugger on it. Um, certain designs I do not personally care for. Some designs I think are great. But the, the, the style they chose for this, I don't care for. Uh, Tuvok is back. A bit of a minor, minor spoiler there. I know we're a week out. But uh, Tuvok is alive and well. And it was a great scene. I think a lot of people wanted it to be Janeway in that particular scene. Uh, I think it's <clears throat> more poignant for Tuvok, given the relationship Tuvok and Seven of Nine have. Um, so I thought that was better. But uh, it's nice seeing the cast kind of be able to be there and have a potential future. So I really do hope a potential Star Trek Legacy show is made. Terry Metalis, the showrunner, already has an idea. So we'll see what happens. Other than that, we got to wait. Uh, just over about two months before Star Trek is back on the airwaves with the second season of Strange New Worlds. But with that, let's head on over to Hollywood for movie news. So, I'm sure many of you have been patiently waiting for this news. But some Spider-Man movies, at least, are finally headed to Disney+. Plus. Um... Not all, so it'll be the three Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, uh, along with the first Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, and then Venom will follow shortly after. So yes, Venom, uh, and three different Spider-Man franchises will finally be on Disney+. Plus. I think given the relationship with Sony, I think it will be a while before we get Amazing Spider-Man 2, No Way Home, and uh, Far From Home on the platform, and Morbius and Venom 2. I still have zero interest in watching the Venom movies. Uh, but I'm happy to watch uh, Homecoming. I haven't been able to watch that movie in quite a while, uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, obviously, the other Spider-Man movies have been on other platforms recently, so those I don't need to re-watch right away, but... Homecoming will be fun to watch. And I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man in a while either. I might uh, might check that out. But those are coming to Net uh, to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Disney has settled with former Marvel executive Victoria Alonso uh, over their recent split. Um, so, via deadline, it says, quote, there was a multi-million dollar financial compensation, unquote. So, this is... Uh, Interesting. So it looks like they settled and paid her millions of dollars. No surprise there. They didn't want that fight going. They're, they're fighting a different legal battle starting today. Um, Scarlett Johansson was on Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast. Yes, Gwyneth Paltrow has a podcast. And they were talking about their time in the MCU. But uh, Scarlett Johansson pretty much confirmed what we all knew. Uh, she's done as, as, as Black Widow. I mean, especially after her fight with Disney, right? 
Um, but <clears throat> she has she has no no issue with with letting that role finish. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, however, was a little more open to the idea of returning. Um, I'm sure they could find a way to fit Pepper back in at some point. Uh, so, <clears throat> how about this? We've gotten some footage about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, James Gunn has been putting that out. Uh, obviously, it comes out next Friday. Um, he's confirmed that there's two post credit scenes. Um, and then we've had different clips of footage released to different outlets. Um, one of them features a little funny bit with uh, Gamora trying to open a car door. And we get what is now confirmed to be the MCU's first use of fuck. And uh, yeah, Peter Quill drops an F-bomb. And it will happen in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, you're allowed one fuck per PG-13 movie. It used to be one fuck per hour. I, I guess that's not how it works anymore. Um, but one F word per PG-13 movie. And it hasn't happened in the MCU until now. Everyone thought it was going to happen with Deadpool 3. It looks like it will happen with Guardians. Um, so be on the lookout for that, folks. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Chris Sanders is in active talks with Disney to return as the voice of Stitch. He is, of course, the creator of Stitch as well. Uh, Anna de Armas was being interviewed about uh, for her new movie, uh, Spy something. I don't remember the name of the movie. It's on Apple TV. Um, people are asking her if she is the new Wonder Woman. She says no. I, I don't know where that rumor started. So, that's interesting. Uh, there is a new Spongebob movie. It's going to be called Saving Bikini Bottom, the Sandy Cheeks movie. And that will be heading to Netflix next year. Why isn't that going to Paramount Plus? Oh, that's right. They signed a... Nickelodeon signed a deal with Netflix. That's weird. Strange. Um... Harrison Ford confirms don't expect him to show up as Indiana Jones anymore. He's done with the character after Dial of Destiny. I don't blame him. The man's old. The man is almost 80 um, if he isn't already. Right? Uh, Harrison Ford is eight, he is 80 years old. Right? I mean, don't expect him to be cracking a whip anytime soon. Um... I mean, no surprise there. Like, let's be realistic here, people. Uh, and then let's go over CinemaCon, right? So CinemaCon, a big movie convention. It's going on in Vegas right now. Um, Universal's uh, uh, panel was this late this afternoon, tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that on next week's panel. Um, or next week's panel. Next week's podcast. So... That uh, and whatever other CinemaCon stuff happens, obviously, between now and the rest of the week. But I do want to go over the major studios that did happen earlier this week. So Sony was first. Uh, they showed off new stuff for Gran Turismo. Still don't know why that's a movie. They showed off 14 minutes of Spider-Verse. That included Gwen and Miles being grounded. Uh, yeah. Um, they showed off some of their Craven the Hunter movie, and it will be the first... R-rated film in Sony's Spider-Man universe. I don't remember what they're really calling it. But some people are just calling it the SSU, Sony's Spider-Man universe. 
Uh, we got footage of Ridley Scott's upcoming Napoleon film. That's exciting. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, which is headed back to New York. And then a Will Smith and Martin Lawrence shared a video from the set of Bad Boys 4, which is several weeks into production. Warner Brothers had their panel yesterday. Uh, they dropped a new Flash public uh, Flash trailer that was released to the public. It looks amazing. It features a lot of Keaton's Batman um, and Sasha Kaye's Supergirl, which looks very fun. Uh, we learned that um, when uh, when asked to return as General Zod, um, My- Michael Shannon was actually hesitant to return um, and ultimately decided to do it after Zack Snyder gave his blessing for him to return as Zod in the Flash movie. Um, early reviews, early previews are coming out because they did show it to some press at the movie. Everyone is singing its praises. Um, the hype is, is, seems to be somewhat real, uh, regarding it. Um, and obviously Andre Muschietti was asked about Ezra Miller, um, in regards to their controversies. Uh, Muschietti said, quote, it was probably one of my, uh, one of my best experiences working with an actor ever. They're brilliant. Their contributions are constant. And also they like to do more takes than I do, which is a lot. They are full of incredible emotions. They bring to them the set every time. They are an incredible comedian also, which is something that I wasn't fully prepared for. I mean, I saw them in movies before. I thought they were funny. But when I started working with them, I realized that they are an incredible comedian. Uh, Unquote. Um, He also, Machete, brought up that um, things going on. Uh, He said, quote, Ezra is well now. We're all hoping that they get better. They're taking steps to recovery. They're dealing with mental health issues, but they're well. We talked to them not too long ago, and they're very committed to getting better, unquote. So I've been very hesitant to support The Flash. I actually had a conversation with my friend yesterday about it. Um, it it's, it's very hard to hop on board something like this, given the recent actions of Ezra Miller, right? And... It, it's a complicated issue, uh, given everything that's going on. So it, it, it's, 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 it's a fine line, right? And, and how do you walk that fine line without coming off as careless, right? Or not, not empathizing with, with people that have been wronged. So my thing is, as long as Ezra is getting help, as long as Ezra is working towards bettering themselves and accepting what they did was wrong and admitting guilt and things like that and moving forward with their lives, then I'm fine. If Ezra said, fuck all y'all and went off and claimed not guilty and all this shit, then no. I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know, man. I'm torn because obviously Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to support this person. So it's, it's a very hard situation. And I know we learned that Warner Brothers was ready to say, fuck you, we're not gonna make the we're not gonna release the movie, right? Or we're gonna just send it straight to streaming. So it's it's very, very interesting indeed. It's a different situation than what's normal. But anyway, I can't wait. Movie drops in June. Uh, they showed off Aquaman footage, including scenes of Black Manta, which I'm excited about. Uh, Blue Beetle as well. Uh, I guess Peter Safran 
And James Gunn said that these will forge new paths in the new DCU, which means Aquaman is in the new DCU, essentially, I think is what that clarifies. But obviously we'll learn more when those movies come out. They showed off Dune footage with Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve claiming it to be a action-packed war movie. Uh, Hugh Grant was seen in a new Willy Wonka uh, trailer. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're calling it Willy Wonka, but the movie where Timothy Chalamet is playing a young Willy Wonka. Uh, Hugh Grant is playing an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, you heard me right. Hugh Grant is playing an Oompa Loompa. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 is officially confirmed. Uh, they showed a, a, a title card. Obviously nothing major, but it just m means that they're greenlighting it. Uh, and then they showed off footage. The Meg 2 is still happening. Yes, The Meg 2. The movie based on the Megalodon attack that stars Jason Statham. So, yeah, that, that's happening. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, Disney had its panel. Uh, like I said, Universal had theirs today, so we'll talk about theirs probably next week. Um, but, so Disney showed off more Indiana Jones footage, no surprise there. Uh, 20 minutes worth of Elemental was shown to the crowd. Obviously, that's not going to get released to the public. Uh, their new movie, Wish, will feature Chris Pine as a major star. Uh, a new Little Mermaid trailer, which looks great. Uh, I like what, and they've released character posters uh, for all the characters. Melissa McCarthy looks great as Ursula. Javier Bardem as King Trident looks great as well. Uh, I do like the look of Sebastian and Flounder. Looks like that image of Flounder that was floating around the internet was fake, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> I just can't wait to hear... Melissa McCarthy sing Poor Unfortunate Souls. Will I see this movie in the theater? Probably not. But it's definitely something I'm going to watch as soon as it hits Disney+. Plus. Um, unless, of course, somehow I get dragged on a date to it. Anyway, um, they also dropped information about Gareth Edwards is making a new sci-fi movie. I'm very excited. I'll watch anything Gareth Edwards makes. Taika has a new movie called Next Goal Wins starring Ma Michael Fassbender. This movie looks really funny. It's, it's based on a true story about a soccer coach that's sent to American Samoa to coach what is considered like the worst soccer team in the world. Um, it looks fun. And then we got a new trailer for Kenneth Branagh's next film based on the Agatha Christie novels about Her Her Hercule Poirot, uh, A Haunting in Venice, which looks to up the supernatural factor in the franchise that we haven't seen before. This is the third film in that franchise, of course. Uh, it started with Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, last year, the year before, was A Death on the Nile. Um, and now, of course, we're getting, hopefully not the last, but we're getting uh, the uh, A Haunting in Venice. But that is it for Nixner News this week, guys. Thank you for stopping by and listening. Uh, as always, you know, make sure to check us out on our website, follow us on social medias. Um, other than that, I will catch you guys uh, on the flip side next week, though, before I go, I don't normally do this, I do hope to have some of Star Wars Jedi Survivor started. Um, it does come out on Friday. My Amazon delivery is expected on the 1st, um, so we'll see. 
But other than that, like I said, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.